it's great to see you here today at C3. And I just want to say a special welcome to everybody who is listening online. So if you're listening in your pajamas or you've got your cup of tea, we want to say a massive welcome to you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for being here. As has already been said, it is Baptism Sunday. So we're going to um, have some baptisms later on in the service, but I just want to spend a few moments talking to you a little bit about baptism, because for some of you, you might know exactly what baptism is. Others of you might be thinking, what on earth has my friend invited me to? Where is the nearest exit? What is the paddling pool at the front doing? And and what is going on in this strange place? So I'm here to help you guys, um, to, to explain a little bit to you about what we believe baptism is all about. But also, I just want to say to those of you that have been baptized ages ago, or you feel you got baptism down, you know exactly what it's all about. Do you know, I've been challenged afresh as I've been looking at the importance of it. And there is something I believe very powerful in coming back to some of the foundational truths that we have um, taken part of in our walk with God. And there's something really challenging about coming back to, um, I don't wanna say basic, because basic implies less than, but some of the things that kind of got us started, some of the early points in our lives and looking back and seeing what God has brought us through. So I'm believing that in the next few moments, All of us can get something from what I'm about to share. So what is baptism? Well, one of the things you often get taught at school is when you're defining what something is, you can start by saying what it's not. And baptism has got a bit of a, 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 quite a few things that people think it is, and I just want to say to you a few things that it is not, okay? First and foremost, this is just ordinary water out of a tap. Okay, took a long time to fill, but it is essentially ordinary Cambridge water. There's nothing special about it. It's not magic water. It's not been blessed and anointed and not had, you know, it's just ordinary water. Sometimes we can think it's more than that. When I was little, um, I grew up in a church where this is quite normal, and um, I remember a kid dropped their dummy in the baptism tank. And then the dad picked it up, rinsed it, and stuck it back in the kid's mouth. And I was horrified. And I ran to my mum and I was like, Mum, that little girl's just eaten so many sins. She's going to be, like, really ill. (laughs) That's not what this is about, okay? So there's just normal water. The other thing that I want to say to you baptism doesn't do is it's not a means of you obtaining forgiveness. Being baptised does not mean that you get forgiven for the sins, for your past, for all the things that you regret. That's not what baptism does. The other thing that baptism doesn't do, which a lot of people do think it does, is guarantee you a place in heaven. If you're baptised, it's not going to get you to heaven, okay? It's just not what baptism is about. And the other thing that baptism is not about is being baptised does not make you a Christian. Does not make you a Christian, So some of you are thinking, well, what on earth is it then? What is baptism if it's not any of those things? Well, I just want to say this phrase to you today, and we're going to unpack this a little bit more. But baptism is a public declaration of a personal decision. A public declaration of a personal decision. And I just want to look at those two facets, really. I want to start by looking at what it means to have a personal decision. See, you're going to hear some stories today, and you might have heard some stories in previous baptisms that you've attended. You'll hear some life stories, and I love a good story. I love a good story. I can cry at pretty much anything. 
So things like that, I mean, I just, you know, whenever anybody shares vulnerably or shares their story, it just makes me want to cry. I've already cried once, twice today, actually. Um, and that's just normal for me. Um, so I love to hear people's stories. But one of the things I'm struck with about baptism is everyone's story is completely different. And that's the beautiful thing. I do not have the same story as you. I have never in all my life stood up and heard somebody go, well, actually, my, my life story is exactly like that person. There's no point in me saying anything. Because each story is unique. What's brought you here today is completely unique. You know, your family situation, the circumstances you've encountered, the blessings, the tragedies, the, the, the people that have come into your life, the people that have left your life, all unique. So everybody's story is totally different, and that's why it's always so fascinating. But one thing that we always notice when we're thinking about listening to people's stories to do with baptism and to do with um, following Jesus is that whilst they're all different, they all come to one place. They all come to a place of decision. And the way that they got to that place of decision can be very different, but at some point they all come to that same moment where they have to make a decision. And the decision that they have to make is a personal decision that only they can make. And it's a decision because they've, been encount they've encountered a truth. They've encountered truth. And the thing is, when, when we encounter truth, when we encounter something that is put to us as truth that we have previously not considered to be truth, we have to make a decision. You cannot just walk away from something that is purporting to be truth. You have to make a decision. And the decision is a simple decision, but it's not necessarily an easy decision to make. The decision when we encounter truth is to either accept it or to reject it. Simple decision. We can look at truth, confront it, we can be confronted with it, look at it, and then we can just walk away from it, reject it. That's not truth. That's not what I want to say is truth and walk away. Or we can accept it. And actually, how many of you know to accept truth that's something that you've previously not considered to be true means that you have to change things about your life? When something is truth... It's not just an opinion. It's not just an overstated point of view. Truth is different. Truth has power. The Bible says truth can set you free, but the basic bottom line is truth changes things. And so if we accept truth, things have to change. Do you know when they believed that everything orbited around the earth, all the scientists used to believe that the sun and everything orbited around the earth? There was a lot of resistance initially to the concept that actually um, everything orbited around the sun. Because when they actually learned the truth that things do orbit around the sun, everything changed for those scientists. Everything that they'd built their life on, everything they knew to be true, changed when they found a new truth. And that's what truth does to us. We can't walk away from truth. We have to decide about truth. And this is what's happened when you hear people's stories today, all different, but all end up at a moment when they have to make a personal decision about truth. And there's two kinds of truth that they will have encountered. And the first one that they will have been confronted with, I believe, is the truth about themselves. The truth about themselves. Do you know, there comes a point in all our lives when we look at our lives and we realize that it's not all we meant it to be that our lives are not all that we anticipated they would be. Do you know, maybe you carry 
disappointment. Maybe there's some dreams you had that haven't come to fruition. Maybe there's some dreams that you saw come to fruition that were taken away from you. You know, maybe you carry hurt. People have hurt you in the past. People have caused you pain and you carry that baggage with you, carry that emotional struggle with you. Maybe you carry guilt, shame, because you've caused some pain to other people. We've all, at some point, hurt somebody. And we carry that around with us. And there's a moment in our lives, I believe, when we have that confrontation of the truth of who we really are. And we see ourselves for who we are. And it's not always a pretty sight. It's not what we want to see. And you know, I think this is something that comes to all people at some point. They see who they are. And the Bible puts it like this. The Bible says that in Ecclesiastes, we're created with eternity planted within our hearts. And that's why I believe that at some point in our lives, we all get confronted with the truth of who we are. Because deep within our fabric, there's something eternal. Deep within our makeup, there's something much bigger than we are. And that's why we ask questions like, there's got to be more to life than this. That's why we ask questions and we say, I just feel like something is not quite full within me. I don't feel whole. I feel like there's something missing. That is because we've been confronted with the truth that we are created for more than what we see before us. And the thing is, we get confronted with this truth. And as you'll probably hear today, we try and deal with this truth in different ways. Some of us might try and deal with that truth by going after loads of different relationships. We might try and deal with that truth by trying to amass as much money as possible. Maybe even turn into substances which are harmful, behaviors which are not healthy. We try and deal with the truth because we can't handle it. Because it's not a nice truth to face up to that you and I are not all we're cracked up to be. The Bible puts it like this in Romans 3, verse 23. It says, all have sinned. All have turned away from God's best. All have done something that has got us in between the relationship God intended for us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The perfect standard that he set for us. We've all fallen short. It's a great leveler. Somebody came up to me recently and said, my past is awful. If you knew what I'd done, and I said, I don't need to know what you've done. God knows what he's done. We've all been there. It might look different. Maybe it might look worse than others, but we've all sinned and fallen short of God's standard. And that's the truth. But what you're going to hear today is exciting because not only have people been confronted with the truth about themselves, that in and of itself can make you miserable, hopeless, helpless. But God didn't leave us in the state of just being confronted with the truth about ourselves God wants to confront you today with the truth of Jesus. Because the truth of Jesus is that he stepped down into that brokenness. He stepped down into that helplessness. He stepped down into the moments when you felt less than. That's what he did when he came from heaven, took on flesh, walked on this planet for 30 years, spotless life. And then the last three years, he started to proclaim the kingdom of God and died on a cross. And when he died on that cross... He took on our shame. He took on our guilt. He took on all of the things that we've done that we wish we hadn't done. He took on our past. He took on all the stuff we'll do in the future. He took it all onto him. As the Bible says, the wages, the consequences of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. And so when he took it all onto him, we don't need to be carrying it all around with us. That's the truth of Jesus when we're confronted with it. We don't need to carry the burdens around. We don't need to be concerned with all of the stuff that 
uh, hampers us. The truth is we can set, be set free. The truth is because of the cross, Jesus has paid the price. But he's not on the cross. He's not there. We celebrate at Easter, don't we? He didn't stay on the cross. He rose again. So not only can our sin not have to hold us down, death doesn't have to hold us down. Because when he rose again, he conquered death. So there is nothing that can hold you back. That is the truth about Jesus. And do you know, the thing is, I tell you, when you're confronted with the truth about Jesus and you accept it, you will change. And I think that's one of the things that makes us the most nervous about accepting the truth of Jesus. Because we're worried, who am I going to become? Will I even recognize myself when I change? But I want to tell you, as you, I'm sure everybody will bear testimony today, when you accept the truth of Jesus, you will change. But I tell you, you become more like the person God always meant you to be. Okay, it's not that you can't recognize yourself. I recognize myself way more now because of Jesus than I ever did before. All the stuff that I, I used to try and do and posturing and all that kind of stuff, well, I don't need to do that any longer. I'm more than me that God always meant me to be. That's what happens when you meet the truth of Jesus. And so everybody who's getting baptized today, the foundation is a personal decision about the truth about themselves and the truth about Jesus. They've decided to accept it, and you have a choice. Do you want to reject it or accept it? But we can't walk away from something that is truth without making some kind of decision about it. So baptism starts with that personal decision. If there's not that personal decision, it's just a weird bath in front of hundreds of people um, fully clothed, which is just a strange thing to do, really, to be perfectly honest. Maybe that's something you enjoy doing. I don't know, but it's, uh, you know, uh, it needs to have that personal decision. But I said to you, didn't I, that baptism is a public declaration of a personal decision. And there's something so powerful about going public with something. You know, when, when you first start dating and you have that awkward, oh, did you know I've got a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend? Like, and, and you basically have to strategically tell a few people because you know that they're gossip and they'll tell it all and you don't have to have that conversation. But it's nice to get things out in the open, isn't it? Baptism is a little bit like that, but obviously a lot more spiritual. But um, <laughs> we're talking about a public declaration of a personal decision. There is something powerful about today. I've told you what it isn't, but it is a powerful, special moment. It's a moment of identification with what Jesus did. When you get into the waters, it's symbolic of, being, um, of dying, of being buried, and rising again. It's a symbolic moment. And the Bible places a great emphasis on it. Do you know, Jesus himself got baptized. And for me, keeping it simple, if Jesus got baptized and I'm following Jesus, then why should I not get baptized? Simple, isn't it? Jesus didn't need to do the personal decision of following himself because he was Jesus, so he didn't need to do that personal thing. So he must have seen some value in it beyond just the personal decision. And I believe that that was a public declaration because we see that Jesus got baptized at the start of his public ministry. It was a defining moment for him. It was a moment of him almost coming out of the shadows and saying, I'm going to start to declare the kingdom of God now. And I believe for those people that are standing up here today sharing their testimonies, their stories, that it's going to be a defining moment in their walk when they come out of the shadows. You see, faith is personal, but it's not meant to be private. It's not meant to be kept to ourselves. We have to have a moment between us and God. Nobody else can have that personal moment for you. But it's not meant to be private. 
It's meant to be lived out in the public. It's meant to be out there. Jesus decided to get baptized. Therefore, you and I should get baptized. But I want to encourage you because the public declaration is such a powerful moment for you personally because it's to do with sharing your story of what God has done in your life. And the Bible talks to us about the power of our testimony, our story. Do you know you're the expert in your story? Nobody else is the expert in your story. You're not your parents, not your spouse, not your friends. You are the expert at your life in terms of its story. And in Revelation 12, it says this, that they overcame the enemy, Satan, the devil. They overcame the enemy, the people of God, by the blood of the Lamb, that's Jesus on the cross, and the power of their testimony. The power of our story and the blood of the lamb can overcome the enemy. That is incredible. And I was thinking, why is that? I get why Jesus can overcome uh, uh, the enemy, but my story, well, I've just been thinking about, you know, in my life, when the enemy has sown doubt in my mind, when he's come to remind me and to accuse me that actually you're not really all you're cracked up to be. Hey, you call yourself a Christian? Do you remember what you did in your past? You know, what if it's not really true? What if this? What if that? Who are you talking about? All of those words that go on in my head, I can come back to the time that I was confronted with the truth, and I can come back to my story, and I can say, do you know, I'm not quite sure about the future, but I know that my God has saved me. I know without a shadow of a doubt that my life was like this, and now it's like this. I know because I've, I've seen it for real in my life. And people can argue with whatever they want to argue with, but they can't argue with what I've lived. And they can't argue with what my friends have been through, with what my family's been through. And so I might not have been through this unique situation, but I tell you, I've heard somebody else. I've got a friend who has. I've got a friend that I've heard their testimony of, so I'm going to pray and believe that actually I'm going to keep on going, and I'm not going to let that enemy get at me, and I'm not going to let those thoughts come into me, and I will overcome because of the blood of the Lamb and the power of my story and the power of your story that becomes my story. That's the beauty of church, is that, you know, your story becomes my story. It encourages me when my faith is struggling and it will my story will encourage you when you're struggling because we overcome the enemy and we will overcome because he's already been overcome by the blood of the lamb and the power of our story and so today you're going to hear some people's stories and they become our stories as they're shared as they're publicly declared and it's powerful powerful moment a moment when this public declaration of the personal decision has gone on. And we're privileged to be able to sit and watch. And later on, there's going to be a moment for you to decide what you're going to do with the truth that you've found today. Are you going to accept it or are you going to reject it?